It's the Ag Ship Podcast. I'm Patrick Mayhorn, creator of the Ag Ship, a credentialed newsletter covering Utah State football, men's and women's basketball. You can subscribe at www.theagship.com at either the $6 or $10 tier. Uh, just hit 200 subscribers. So thank you all for that. That is um, that is very cool. Very cool little uh, landmark there for us. Uh, I am joined, as always, by co-host Parker. Parker, how's it going, man? What's up, Patrick? I'm doing great. Ready for some more football. Feeling... Uh... I'm feeling that Utah State football high right now. Yeah, uh, we'll see if we can. Uh, we'll see if that can ride through week three. But right now, I'm feeling good. Yeah, I'm ready to talk some football. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna jump right into this preview. I will say also, I'll apologize at the top of the show here for my if I if my voice makes any gross sounds. I have uh, I was just telling Parker I'm fighting through some allergies. This is kind of a flu game podcast for me here. Uh, and so I'm going to do the best that I can. <laughs> I will try to keep any coughs or anything off the mic, but I apologize if I, uh, if I have any issues with that. So, uh, let's jump right in here. Uh, let's, let's start with the, I would say probably the key matchup of the game, the key matchup of any game against Air Force for any team that plays Air Force. And that would be the Air Force rushing attack against the Utah State rushing defense. Um, this is it. This is the game. This is, <laughs> there are other parts of this that will matter specifically for, Utah State moving and scoring the ball. You can't just win by stopping Air Force's offense, but this is where it always, 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 always has to start against Air Force because of how much they run the football. It's the only thing that they do. There, there are. We're going to talk about the passing attack. There are a couple throws that they will sprinkle in there. This is a running team, first, second, third, and fourth. Yeah, that's that's absolutely right. I mean, with Air Force, it's just it's the same game, different season. They play the same brand of football year in, year out. Uh, they are, I mean, they are probably one of the most consistent teams just l- looking historically. They always play this way. Um, it's, it's trans, it transcends their staff. It transcends their, their roster. This is just who the air force Academy is. This is how they play football. If you let them run the ball, they will consistently run down your throat. They will pick up five yards of play and they will beat you seven to zero if they can if they could win every game seven to zero uh they would do that this is just a team that they they like to move the ball on the ground they always have uh always will so you're absolutely right this is this is where the game is basically won or lost for the aggies if they can slow down that air force run things are looking pretty good the other the other facets of the game i think would favor utah state however if you can't stop the run the other facets of the game matter a whole lot less. So this is really uh, this is really the beginning and end of this game is the Air Force run game versus Utah State's run defense. Yeah. Uh, personally, I feel pretty good about uh, you know about our ability to stop the run. Uh, you know, as good as I can going into an Air Force game. But well, let's talk about it. How are you feeling about uh, about this Air Force team and their ability to run the ball against the Aggies? Yeah. So first up, just on the on the like you were saying, the program stuff, right? This is what they have done for <clears throat> basically the entire time that they have been in the Mountain West. They are as consistent as they come. Um, I, I pulled a couple stats for the uh, written preview, which is up on the site now. If anybody subscribed wants to go read that, um, <clears throat> and, and like since 2010, which is when Mike Theason, the uh, offensive coordinator, took over as co-OC. Um, Troy Calhoun, the head coach, obviously also has a say in that he was a quarterback at Air Force. Offense is his specialty. Um, but since 2010, when he uh, when he took over as the co-OC, Air Force has had, I believe, one, one or two seasons. Um, I think it was two actually, 
uh, averaging fewer than 27 points per game, and they have had two seasons outside of the top five nationally in rushing yards per game. That's what they do. That's what they have always done. That is what they, for as long as this tenure lasts, that is what they will do. They run the ball. They score about 27 points, sometimes a little bit more, sometimes a little bit less. Um, They hold the ball for as long as they possibly can. They are routinely up near the top in time of possession. They do not make mistakes. They just don't. They don't really fumble. They don't really have turnovers. They don't really have penalties. Uh, They don't, as as Blake Anderson said in his press conference, they don't beat themselves. Um, And you can, as an opposing team, you can beat them. Utah State has done it twice in a row. Um, But it's never, ever easy on either side of the ball. And this offense specifically, the way that they run, it is just, it's, it's ruthless. It never stops. There's never a break because every play can have so many different outcomes within the triple option. Um, and, uh, you know, as for the, we'll talk about the personnel that is filling it this year, which I think does have some question marks. They lost quite a few important pieces. But as for Utah State's side of this affair, um, Utah State won these last two games, like I said, against Air Force. And I think that this defense, especially when compared to 2022, is about a million times better at tackling and at just doing what it is supposed to do, being in the right spot, than the 2022 group was. And they held Air Force to, I think, 27 points. Um, I feel better, like a lot better, about this Utah State run defense than I have about a Utah State run defense in a while, I would say. It has been a minute since Utah State has had a run defense that looks as... Um, structurally sound as this one does. And Air Force puts that to the test real quick. Air Force will let you know if the run defense is not actually structurally sound. But with what they did against Iowa, with what they did against Idaho State for the most part, I think that Utah State's defense is pretty well equipped to handle this because they the biggest thing that you need to do against Air Force as a defense is just do your job, is be in the right place, is tackle. Don't make mistakes. Don't have stupid penalties. And I think that these guys on Utah State's defense have been overwhelmingly capable of doing that so far. Yeah, it really does just come down to the defense's ability to just do their job, like you said. It sounds simple. Yeah, it sounds simple. But against this Air Force team, it's not simple. It's not easy to beat these guys at their own game. This is going to be uh, looking at the schedule. And this is true almost every year. Um, when you have the academy on your schedule, you're probably you can assume that will be the best disciplined team that you will go up against. Yep. Um, I would assume, and I don't think anyone would argue with me, that probably has a lot to do with the fact that it's an armed forces school. I think Navy and Army kind of play the same way. Yeah. Um, they don't beat themselves. They don't make mistakes. If you're if you're counting on some yellow laundry on the field to bail you out, you're going to lose. If you're counting on uh, fumbles and interceptions to, to bail you out, you're going to lose. I mean, these dudes, uh, they, uh, they're consistent. They yeah, just doesn't happen. They don't, they don't lose games. Yeah. You have to beat them. So, uh, and like we said at the top, you know, they, it really does start with, with them rushing the ball. So, um, I mean, personnel wise, there are some things that you think might play in into favor for the Aggies. Yeah. Uh, this is the first time in seemingly forever that we won't go up against Brad Roberts and his Zeke Daniels. Yeah. It feels like those two were there like BYU long. I mean, they felt like they were there for so long. And those two, uh, I mean, they're good. They they were really tough to play. So the good news for Utah State, Brad Roberts and his Zeke Daniels are gone. The bad news for Utah State is it it probably doesn't matter because of 
how Air Force runs his offense. It's kind of a plug and play, um, kind of a plug and play offense. So yeah. we'll see how that much, you know, how much that actually matters. But let's talk about the personnel a little bit and see. Yeah. How, you know, how are we going to slow these guys down? Yeah, so they lose, like you said, Brad Roberts, the excellent, excellent tailback, three-year starter, um, as well as Hazik Daniels at quarterback, another three-year starter, who uh, really actually unfortunate situation with him this offseason. He wanted, he would, eat, I think he was a graduate transfer, wanted to transfer, and he couldn't get cleared, um, which is a, a bummer because it would have, it would have been really. I think he had another year of eligibility. It would have been nice to see him play football again. Maybe not at Air Force, but just in general. Um, good players, really good players. Uh, Omar Fatah, the fullback, they didn't have. He didn't play a ton. He didn't fill a huge role, but he was another guy who had been there for a while. DeAndre Hughes at slot back had been there for a while. They just they lost some guys who had been pretty crucial parts of this skill core um, in the in the rushing attack and and Daniels was excellent at what he did Roberts was excellent at what he did and so replacing those guys is never it's not easy even in a plug and play offense um, you see it at Navy you see it at Army those teams have had down years before Air Force has had down years before and usually the number one thing you can point to in a down year for one of these schools is bad quarterback play. And it's really hard to know if it's going to be good or not going into a season because they don't really, there's no, it's not like, oh, they have a five star up next, right? He should be ready to go. It's not, it's not like that. You don't, I, I don't think people know who the new starter, uh, Zach Larrier, uh, is. I don't think they know anything about this guy. He's a senior. He's been there for four years. He's barely played. He's just been around. He's the new starter. Um, <clears throat> very, very fast. He's uh, He's got decent size. I think he's 6'0", 195. He's a Youngstown, Ohio guy, um, which uh, to me means that he is uh, a nasty individual, just a very tough guy. That is usually what you get from Youngstown, so that's that's a great fit for this offense. Um, I, uh, I'm stereotyping based on a city, but that stereotype is usually right about Youngstown and Youngstown players. Um, he, uh, he, he's, he's quick. He's quick. He's, he's a hard guy to get on the ground, just like Daniels was. He does not have the arm that Daniels did. And we'll talk about that when we talk about the passing offense, but it starts with Larrier. And then you do have a little bit of continuity with tailback John Lee Eldridge, who was their big play guy last year. Um, as well as fullback Emmanuel uh, Michelle and tight end Caleb, I think it's Rylos. Um, those guys have been around. Uh, Michelle does not actually play a ton. He's splitting snaps with uh, another senior who has barely played, Owen Burke at fullback, who has looked pretty good. And then they have sort of slotted in these younger guys, Aiden Calvert and uh, Dylan Carson, to the ancillary roles within the offense. Um, it comes back to Larrier. It comes back to him making the right reads, making the right decisions, making a couple big plays. Um, and then, you know, John Lee Eldridge, you have to get him on the ground. Utah State had trouble with him last year. He was really the best thing that Air Force had going for it on that offense last year against Utah State. He's quick. He's slippery. He's hard to tackle. He's hard to track. Um, and, and so they lose those skill guys, but it is just, it's the next man up. And I think it really does just depend on the quarterback and depends on, you know, uh, getting getting John Lee Eldridge on the ground consistently. Yeah, it definitely. Th- there's definitely some turnover. There's definitely some continuity. I think a healthy uh, healthy dose of both uh, for the Falcons. But anytime you have turnover at the quarterback position, that's a question mark. Yeah. And if you look at this Air Force team, I think in a in a way that's somewhat similar to Utah State, we still don't really know what these guys are up against. So far, Utah State has played an Iowa team that was kind of. Uh, you know, far and away the bigger, bigger, faster, 
stronger team, yeah. uh, just flat out better. And then we played an Idaho State team who we just were outmatched. You know, we, we outmatched them. Yeah. Um, Air Force is kind of in a similar position where, uh, I mean, if you look at their their numbers, they're very Air Force-esque. I mean, they, they have done Air Force things so far, but they've done it against Robert Morris and Sam Houston. Yeah. So not particularly tested, but if you do look at some of those numbers, uh, against Robert Morris, they they put the ball in the air for 95 yards, and they ran for 362. Yeah, very very Air Force numbers. Um, the following week against Sam Houston, same story. Forty. Uh, let's see, 14 yards in the air. Yeah, and 244 <laughs> rushing. Uh-huh. I mean, even against Sam Houston, 14 yards in the air is ridiculous. I mean, yeah. like. Air Force is the only team that can throw for 15 yards and win a game uh, as convincingly as they do. So, yep. um, you know, they, they have been able to install the offense that they're wanting to with Larrier, but we just don't know yet. It, it, they are somewhat untested, but from what we've seen, it looks like they're at least, uh, they're at least fulfilling the identity that they want to with Larrier. Uh, this will be by far the, their biggest test of the season and, and his biggest test of the season uh, to this point. Yeah, for sure. And that is, that's just going to be a question coming into the game. I don't think it's one that can be answered until we actually see what it looks like. Um, I will mention another part of this offense that, that has to be included in this and a big part of why they are still, they're, they're able to run the ball so well every year. And I think why they, the, you know, the best strength, the best part of this offense, really this season, it would be the offensive line which has just so much experience back, even with losing two starters. They lost Everett Smalley, the tackle, and uh, guard Isaac Cochran, both in the offseason. And it did not, it doesn't matter. You look at these guys and they have all played. Mason Carlin, Caleb Holcomb, Adam Karras at uh, tackle, they've all played. They have all been good. Um, Wesley uh, Indigo at uh, at guard is excellent. Ethan Jackman is one of the new starters, one of the only guys who hasn't played a ton, and he still took almost 200 snaps last season. Um, and then the center is all-conference-level guy Thor uh, Pagley along, who is just excellent. He's very, very good at what he does as a, as a triple-option center. Not the biggest guy in the world, but he handles himself extremely well. Um, this line is great. The line is really, really good. And I, I, you know, everything else in this rushing attack grows out from that. Utah State's defensive line will be absolutely tested here by this group. They are athletic. Yep. They are strong. Yep. They are nasty. They will, they will cut block you. Um, it hurts to play against these guys as a defensive lineman. And Utah State has to have the, the rotation deep enough to keep guys fresh, and it has to have the toughness to handle a game like this. You have to be very, very physical to play against these guys. Yeah, that's the exact point I was going to make next is we talk about how consistent this team is year in, year out. And a big part of that is their is the trenches. It starts up front for every team, but particularly at the academy, it starts up front. These dudes are always just dogs in the trenches. They are they're staunch. They're mean. They're aggressive. They're tough. Well, Um, I mean, you talk to extremely well coached. Yes, very well coached. They got. Uh, yeah, they're they're tough to play in the trenches. If you ask any lineman in the country, offense or defense, uh, they don't like playing against the academy. No. Like you said, they will cut block you. They will. Uh, they're out there to to win games in the trenches, and it it works. Um, and so that is a that is a huge part of this game going into it. Can we stay fresh? Can we stay aggressive? Can we stay hungry up front? Um, 
if we can't, it, it becomes a long night. So yeah. that is a huge part of this offense and their, their defense as well. Um, they're just very, very formidable up front. Yeah. I, I remember at uh, media days a couple months ago, uh, Hale uh, Motuapuaka was there for one of the Utah State representatives and the uh, one of the Air Force reporters comes over and is asking him about playing against Air Force as a defensive tackle and you can just see like you can just see him shudder a little bit when they mention <laughs> mention Air Force. It's like, don't make me think about Air Force right now. I don't want yeah, yeah. to think of. I don't want to spend a single second of my July in Las Vegas thinking about the Air Force rushing attack as a defensive tackle. It is not fun. Exactly. It, it is absolutely yeah. not fun. Um, there's there's just no two ways about it. Those guys have to be tough. They have to be ready for. Um, just a, it's not a fun 60 minutes. Even when you win as a defensive lineman in this game, it's not going to feel good. Um, it's going to be a lot of, uh, of soreness the next day. And you have to be very careful about the way that you handle those blocks because you can get hurt very, very, very badly if you don't handle them the correct way. And that's, that's a technical thing. Um, and you have to do it every play. You have to be right every play. The technique always has to be right as a defensive lineman. Um, it's a tough assignment. I, I, I think in general, Even with how I feel about this Utah State rush defense, which is, I think it's good. I I, I think it is, it has the potential to be very good. Um, I would lean, if we're doing an edge for this part of the game, I would lean towards Air Force because it is more proven, because it has those linemen, because it is kind of plug and play, and it has looked like it always looks this season, and, and it's just, you know... It is what it is. That's the that's the strength of the of the program. Um, I would lean Air Force, but I think that a lean Air Force in this game is a win for Utah State's defense. If you can keep them from dominating on the ground, if you can prevent big plays, if you can force them to go down the field and get a couple, you know, put them behind the chains a couple times, get a couple first, second down stuffs, and force third and ten, you can win the game. That's there's not going to be that many possessions. You only have to get a couple. I think lean Air Force is a win for Utah State here. Yeah, it sounds counterintuitive. I'm right there with you, though. I think when it comes to the Air Force run versus the Utah State run defense, uh, it's it's close to a push. And like you said, close to a push is probably a win for Utah State. But I, I do lean Air Force on this. They're just uh, – they are a little bit more proven. And as you mentioned, that consistency is is really a big thing on, on you know, in the trenches. You don't get to make a mistake. You don't get to uh, have a lapse in, in attention even for one second when you're on the line. Uh, Air Force will make you pay. They're not out there to to hurt you, obviously. Um, but it, but if you know any laps and you you could get hurt or you could give up big plays, you could give up a lot of yards. So uh, that consistency is really really tough to come by, and you can you can kind of count on Air Force exploiting that uh, at least once or twice a game. They're not a big explosive play team, but uh, when you when you let them get yards, they will uh, they they capitalize on that. And so I would lean Air Force on that on that facet. Yeah, staying with the Air Force offense, moving to the passing attack, which we've mentioned a little bit, um, it is not what it was. Hazik Daniels had a really good arm, especially for an option quarterback. I think he could have played in a regular system as a quarterback, like a spread offense, maybe not Utah State's offense with that level of passing, but you put him on like a, a you know, a run heavy-ish Big Ten team, I think he'd be fine. I think if you put him at Michigan, he would be fine. Um, he was that kind of passer. He was that kind of quarterback. And I don't think Zach Larry or it's it's fair to expect that, and I don't think that that is the case with him. He's three of six passing so far this season for 109 yards and a touchdown. Um, you know, two of those completions went for 95 yards in the first game. It's just not a huge part of the offense this year. It's not anywhere near what it was last season. They did a lot of play action last year. They were very willing to use the passing attack as a counter. It'll be there. They'll throw one or two of them. They'll look for those deep shots. 
Um, they have some receivers who are decent, even with losing uh, David Cormier. They bring back Dane Kinnaman, who was hurt last year, but was really good in 2021. They bring back the number three guy from last year, Brandon Ingle. Um, Jared Rosnos, the new starter uh, opposite Kinnaman has been pretty good. They brought they brought back the tight end. They have some guys who can make plays. It's just three or four attempts is what you're going to see. It's it's going to be three or four, and you just have to be you just have to be ready. You have to be disciplined for those three or four. It is not a passing attack in any in any significant sense. Beyond that, it is just trying to hunt for a couple big plays, trying to steal one or two against an, an undisciplined secondary. You need your safeties, you need your cornerbacks to be committed to playing against the pass, even though they know it's probably not going to be a pass. Yeah, I, I want to I reiterate one stat that you threw out there. Um, three of six passing right now. Yeah. After two games. Yeah. Not, not two drives, not two possessions. Two full games, two games, and he is three for six. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that is absurd. That That is wild. I mean, that just shows you. That's how they do it. Exactly. That is how they do it. Um, I, it's it's hard as a Utah State fan. I mean, the, the way that we move the ball, it's hard to even comprehend going two full games and watching your quarterback throw the ball six times. Yeah. Um, meanwhile, that pattern. Meanwhile, yeah. I'll say he's ran the ball thirty-three times. <laughs> he's, yes. Yeah. He's run thirty-three times. Burke has run twenty-four times. They have twelve, eleven, eight, five, three. Like the, you have to get down to the backup quarterback before you find a guy who has run the ball less than the starting quarterback has passed. That would be five times for Jensen Jones. Um, they just don't do it. They just don't pass the football, and they don't really need to. Yeah, and yeah, I mean that's that's the that's the thing is that that game plan is not going to change coming into this Utah State game. No, but at the same time, it doesn't have to. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Air Force is two and zero right now. Uh, they're two and zero and two pretty convincing wins. Again, uh, inferior teams to be sure, but this is what Air Force always does. This is not a new thing for them this year. You mentioned Hissy Daniels last year was definitely a better quarterback, but this is still more or less what they ran. Yeah. So it's worth pointing out that they're only three of six passing or that Larry is only three of six passing, but at the same time, it really, uh, they still know how to move the football down the field. So, yeah. uh, you know, in terms of how they are going to move the ball, how they are going to pass the ball, that is, it's not going to be a lot, but you do have to be ready because this is again, like we mentioned with the, the rushing, this is a very disciplined team. And if your secondary is falling asleep at the wheel, they will put the ball in the air. They, they, they will find a way to, to beat you if you let them. So yeah. it is a tough assignment to have your, your secondary be that engaged in the game when the ball's not coming their way nine times out of 10. Um, but you have to be ready for that one or else they're going to pick up a lot of yards. So yeah, um, it will be hard for Air Force to, I mean, even if they wanted to, they, they don't have the weapons to beat Utah State in the, in the air. Uh, it would be very hard if they had to. I'm I'm going with the edge on on Utah State this time, you know, by by a hundred percent. The Air Force passing attack just doesn't have what it takes to beat Utah State's passing defense. Um, but again, that's not their game plan. But I, I I do feel really good anytime the ball's in the air. Um, I I feel pretty good. Yeah, yeah, I, I think that uh, you know, I, I last year, if memory serves, Air Force got one of those. They got one of those big passes that went for a touchdown. And that is just in this kind of game. If you're if you're Utah State, 
it's the worst thing that can happen. <laughs> you know, it's 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 a, a a big run. At least you know you're frustrated. You wish you made the play. You wish you were in the right place. But you understand it. A big pass given up against this offense, you are just you're you're irate because it is just a it's a focus thing. It, it's a focus thing. It's an it's an effort thing. Um, it is, yeah, pretty comfortably a Utah State lean for, for obvious reasons. I think Air Force would also say that it's a Utah State lean. That is, uh, it not not differing at all from their game plan. There, um, Utah yep. State's yep. pass defense is uh, built to defend the pass, and Air Force is not built to pass the ball. So, uh, moving to the other side of the ball here, uh, where Utah State has won these last two games against Air Force. I think you you know you could say that the defense has made plays when it needed to. You could also say that the defense gave up 45 points in 2021 and 27 last year, and the offense was the thing that won the game for Utah State. It will probably be the same case here. It, you know, unless the run defense is is tremendous and more than exceeds expectations, Utah State wins this game. Utah State wins this matchup with its speed on offense, with its speed and pacing in in space, and, and Blake Anderson has said as much. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I just, yeah, I think I think Utah State is very well equipped in that in that regard to yeah to do exactly what they're trying to do right now. It, it, it's part of our identity. It's part of their identity. This is that part of the game is going to go exactly as planned for both teams, probably. Yeah, yeah. And it has for a couple of years now. You know, it, it has been the case of Utah State spreads the ball around early on in the game, passes it a bunch, tests the Air Force secondary, thinks, you know, I don't think that you're fast enough to cover all this grass, and is right. Um, and then in the third and fourth quarter, you can run the ball. You You open up the defense a little bit. And then you can try and you know grind out the game near the near the fourth quarter and, and win with uh, with with the extra stamina from going as fast as you do and, and wearing the defense down. Um, that's how this game works. That's how it goes for Utah State in the in the you know the the plan right. And you have some turnovers early on in the game, then the plan changes quite a bit. You have to avoid those. Same as the defense, you cannot have a bunch of mistakes against Air Force and win the game, which is why Air Force wins as much as they do. Most college football teams are not good at avoiding mistakes. It's it's hard. It's hard to do. Um, but that is that's the plan for Utah State. And we'll start here with the Utah State rushing attack against the Air Force run defense. Um, this run defense, I think, is pretty good. I think that this Air Force run defense was it has been solid in the past. I think it will be solid again this year. It's top ten nationally last year. Um, don't know where it is right now. It's been really good so far. I think it's like. 59 yards on 56 carries allowed or something like that. It's it's strong. Um, and that is even without a starting defensive tackle who was expected to play this year, returning guy, um, Jaden Thiergood, who is, I think, their best defensive tackle. I don't know what the situation is with him. He's just not played. He's not been on the depth chart. I don't know if he's hurt. Um, I don't think he's going to play in this game. It's a big loss. He was, he was more of a pass rushing threat than a run stopper, but he was very good at both. Um, and so that gives them three def- defensive linemen to replace along with edge rusher Vince Sanford and defensive end Chris Herrera. Um, I will say they're totally fine up front. The guys that they have to step into those spots are good. Um, I, you know, on the outside, Bo Richter is fantastic at that edge rusher spot. He's been there for several years. He was ready for it. PJ Ramsey is a little bit bigger, more of a run stuffer. He will be more important for this part of the game. And then on the inside, um, Peyton Zadroik is tremendous, and he's been there for several years. Um, very good run defender. He's a little bit bigger. He gets a little bit more he- uh, heft next to him in run stopping with uh, Capono Blake, who's the new starter there in place of Thiergood. 
I think that the defensive line here, if you're Air Force, you're totally comfortable with. And if you're Utah State, you just you need to back these guys off. <laughs> you need to you need to move the ball early on in the game. You need to win those first half reps. You need to wear them down because you look at this front and then you look at a linebacker group that has Alex or Alec Mock and uh, Jonathan Youngblood, both of whom are also really good. You're just not going to run on these guys until they're worn down. The the run defense is too good for that to happen. That is as planned for Utah State. That is how it goes in this kind of game. Yeah, this is a matchup that I'm really, really excited to watch um, as I've watched both of these teams so far. Uh, the US, uh, the USU run, Utah State's run game, has been really, really fun. Um, but we also haven't played a defense quite this – well, I mean, Iowa's defense was, was obviously this good. but Yeah, and, um, and Iowa's defense, for the most part, until the fourth quarter, was able to slow down the Utah State run. And then you get into the fourth quarter, which is the deal with yeah. this game as well. you got to wear a defense like this down. Yeah, it's going to be a fourth quarter game, probably for a different reason. Iowa was kind of letting off the gas uh, in that game. I don't think Air Force will uh, will be in the same situation. Yeah, It'll be more of uh, who who can – who can play harder till the final uh, till the final clock hits zero? Um, but I mean, you mentioned some of these guys like Bo Richter. If you let him, he is going to subtract a lot of yards from your offense. He's so um, good. They, he, he, <laughs> he's yeah. so good. Oh, he's yeah. such a freak athlete too. He's he just he he is an NFL guy. I don't know if he's going to end up there. He is an NFL level talent, and PJ Ramsey's been really good for them too. Yeah, I mean, th- this is a team that they will make you pay. I mean, Bo Richter will. Yeah, like you said, freak athlete. You have to find a way to to get him minimize his impact on the game. Uh, you do that by winning those first half reps. You do that by backing him off. Um, it is going to be really fun to watch um, this run this run game versus the run defense. I think this is another part of of the game where Utah State. I mean, this is this is the other side of the the ball where Air Force runs the ball. We try to stop them from running the ball. Uh, the other side of that is our, you know, can we run the ball against this uh, Air Force defense? If we can't run the ball against these guys, um, it becomes a very difficult ball game. Yeah, I, I think the the key for the first three quarters of the game or so for Utah State is just getting some yards, not losing a bunch of yards on first and second down on those runs, getting, you know, reliably three, four, five yards, being able to grind out some some short yard gains. And then you can break into those bigger runs in the in the second half in the fourth quarter. Um, I would say that this is probably another Air Force lean, just because it's another thing that they are built to do. This is what Air Force does, and that Utah State isn't really built to do. The rushing attack has been really impressive this season, but this is you know supposed to be a, a really spread out offense, and that doesn't mean that you can't run. But I do think that Air Force's defense is well positioned to handle itself for most of the game it's just once you get to the fourth quarter i i would i would give air force the lean but i don't think that that necessarily means that the run defense shuts down utah state by any means yeah i i don't think they do and and part of it is just utah state uh this is probably the most the deepest stable we've had at that position in a while we've had some really good running backs uh, for a long long time but having Briggs, Faison, and Booth all as uh, you know as one, two, three—that's really tough to stop all three of them. Yeah. Uh, and one thing, one thing these guys do as well, and I'm talking Faison in particular—he's very, very good at forcing explosive plays. Mm-hmm. Air Force is a team that likes to not give up explosive plays. Uh, you know, like I said, they they want to win every game seven to zero. They don't want to. They don't like flashy football. They just like good old fashioned running up the field and then stopping you in your tracks. 
Um, I'm looking at Faison. The, the longest rush he had in game one was 18 yards against Iowa. Not bad at all against that defense. He ran a 60-yarder in uh, in last week's game. Um, I'm definitely looking at a guy like him to force some of those explosive plays. Uh, you know, we talk about the turnover battle. We talk about, you know, individual battles like that. I think the explosive play battle is a, is a big one against Air Force. Yeah. They they aren't going to have a lot of them themselves. So if you can if you can string a few of those, if if Faison can break break free a couple times, you know, pick up a 25 yard run, pick up a 50 60 yard run, um, those are more likely to happen later in the game, like you mentioned in the fourth quarter. But yeah. stringing the, some of those together will be uh, will be a big part of the run against the Falcons. Yeah, and I mean, you think about last year's game, right? I, I think the last three touchdowns that Utah State scored, including the two that ultimately decided the game, you have, I think it was a Calvin Tyler, big Calvin Tyler run. Um, you have the uh, the Cooper Lega run up the middle, and then you have the uh, the Terrell Vaughn touchdown run on the jet sweep. That is, that's what you need to do <laughs> in this kind of game. You have to create some big plays somehow, and in the fourth quarter, it might be from the rushing attack. In the first three quarters, if you can get any, you're really satisfied with that. You're really excited about that. That's a win. But you you need to, if you're Utah State, it's got to be cl- it's got to be tied or close to it going into the last 15 minutes because that's when you win this game. That has been the case the last two years. I would expect it will be the case again this season. Um, I will say, however, if that's not going to be the case, if Utah State is going to um, either not be able to keep up or if Utah State is going to enter the fourth quarter with a lead with a maybe even a significant lead and and win this one by more than a touchdown uh, it will be because of the Utah State passing attack against the Air Force passing defense if Cooper Lega is smart with the football if he moves it the way that we think he can the way that this passing attack seemingly is built to do we haven't quite seen that yet but you can see pieces of it. If Terrell Vaughn's getting open down the field, if you have guys like Micah Davis making plays, you know, Jalen Royals making plays, Colby Bowman, maybe getting the tight ends involved in the passing game, as everybody is always trying to do, um, some screens. If the passing attack for Utah State can make plays, this game could be out of hand, I think, because you look at this Air Force pass defense. There's two really good safeties, Jaden Goodwin and Trey Taylor, but they just lost slot man Camby Goff for the season to an injury in week one. That's brutal. He was really good for them. Um, and they lost both of their cornerbacks this offseason. Two new starters there. This is the worst part of the Air Force defense by a pretty wide margin, even with a good pass rush. I think they can get to the quarterback. I don't know that these guys can keep up with Utah State's receivers, just physically. I don't know if they can handle the speed of what these guys do. I don't know if they can handle the pace of the offense. I think that if this game is different than the last two, if it's a bigger margin of victory, it will be either because Utah State can't pass the ball and is making mistakes, is having turnovers, or, in my opinion, more likely, because Utah State is really, really passing the ball and not having a whole lot of issue doing it. This is absolutely the biggest variable of this game, I think, for the most part. I mean, Air Force is a team that you know what you're going to get from you know, every, every year and especially, you know, every game, especially we we kind of know what we're going to get from them. Uh, Utah state has been running the ball on the ground in a way that makes me think I know, and I understand what they're going to be able to do against this team. The big variable is our ability to, to get the ball in the air and move the ball down the field that way. Yeah. Um, like you said, this, this is where we have the opportunity to really blow these guys out for, uh, you know, for the first time in a while, if not ever, this is not a team that gets, yeah, this is not a team that gets blown out, um, especially when they're playing good football. Um, but it also, 
is probably the the unit that has the most you know has the opportunity to really blow it um yeah you know d- depending on how cooper Lega is passing the ball we could uh like you said we could go into that fourth quarter sitting pretty with a nice big lead or we could uh we could have a couple turnovers and be in big trouble at halftime so yeah i i do think just like you do i think the more likely scenario is that Cooper Liga is is able to put the ball in the air? Uh, I think I just don't think Air Force can keep up athletically, like you said, and and with our depth too. We we have a lot of guys that can catch and that can run, and I just don't think they can keep up with all of them. I think we're we have a really talented offense that we haven't been able to really. Uh, I mean, we we'll, we let them loose last week, but we haven't seen what these guys can do against you know a Mountain West team, and this is obviously our first Mountain West game. Yeah. Uh, I think the offense is still going to, even after scoring 78 points, it's going to sound weird because of how, you know, we scored 78 points last week. I think the offense is going to surprise people this week with, with how much they're able to score against a formidable, strong defense. Yeah. And, and I do wonder if there are parts of the passing attack that we just haven't seen yet because, you know, yeah, it, yeah, yeah. it wasn't possible against Iowa and it wasn't necessary against Idaho state. Like specifically, anything down the field just haven't seen it yet and I think this could be the time that you're going to do that because you talk about these cornerbacks right Jamari Bellamy was a a contributor last year I think he's decent as one of their two guys he's sort of the number one corner Um, number two guy Jerome uh, I I think it's Gaylord uh, Gallard I I don't know how to say his name I'm gonna let me look at the pronunciation guide see if it's on here Uh, yeah Gaylord Uh, Jerome Gaylord he's 6'4 200 pounds that's great, right? That's great if you're just talking about a cornerback hypothetically. What is he doing in this game? What is what is, what is a six foot four cornerback doing against this Utah State offense, this Utah State passing attack? I don't think he's doing anything good. I don't think it's anything beneficial for Air Force. I don't think he could keep up with somebody like Jalen Royals. I mean, that seems a little unwieldy for this kind of offense, and maybe they have another guy they can slot in there, but he's listed as the starter. He's been the starter. I think that's a mismatch. I, I even if he's good, even if he's good, he's six foot four. He's not going to move as fast as Jalen Royals. He just isn't. It's not physically possible for him to do that. Um, and then you talk yeah, about in the in the, yeah. in, in the slot, they lose Camby Goff and they slot in this guy C.J. Boyd, who's six one, covering Terrell Vaughn. I don't know, man. I don't know that he can keep up physically with that sort of the way that Utah State moves the ball in the air, the way that this passing attack works. I don't know that the pass rush is going to be much of a factor because I don't think that these corners can really keep up on those quick routes. I think it's going to be open all game. Yeah, Utah State's receiving core is just, it's, it's one of those cores that begs, it, it forces teams to mismatch guys because of the way that Terrell Vaughn plays. I mean, if your best receiver can't keep up with Terrell Vaughn, okay, you try to put him on Jer- Jalen Royals, he's still too fast. You try to put him on Micah Davis, he's still too fast. Yeah, Anyone beyond that, you're, it's it's a waste of talent. Like a six four, a six four, second a six four cornerback that plays this well. Yeah. On Kyle Van Leeuwen is a waste, yeah, in my opinion. Like if point. you're Air Force, and yeah, and that's nothing against Kyle Van Leeuwen. I think he's a he's a great guy. He's a great he's a great football player. But if you're if your best if your best cornerback has to guard three four five on our receiving, that that's that's a huge problem. And I think that's yeah. just the way this receiving core is set up. They're really crafty. They're really, really tough to guard, really tough to match up against. And those top three, Terrell Vaughn, Jalen Royals, Micah Davis, we've really only seen, I think, a lot from Vaughn. 
And yeah. Vaughn is a stud. I mean, that dude is going to catch a yeah. lot of yards this year. Yeah. I think we've yet to see, like you said, because it was impossible game one, unnecessary game two. We've yet to really see what Jalen Royals and Micah Davis have done. Micah Davis, it, it bears mentioning, is from the Air Force Academy, transferred, right? Yeah. Um, so it's, it sounds like uh, he, he's actually been talking to, uh, uh, you know, sitting down with our, our defensive coordinator, yeah. Joe Coffin, and, and you know, given the uh, nothing like good old-fashioned uh, espionage when you're playing the Air Force. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that, that probably honestly does give the defense a little bit of extra juice in this game. But, um, you know, staying on topic here, that, that receiving core is, is just really, really tough. And if, if, you, if you stop Terrell Vaughn, okay, that's great. Jalen Royals and Micah Davis, I think, are capable of a lot, a lot more than they've they've done so far. And Otto Tia, too, looking at some of these guys. So they're just too fast, too athletic, too deep. They're tough to guard. They, they are really tough to guard, and I'm really stoked to see what this core is capable of when it's when it's possible and necessary to put the ball in the air. Yeah. Um, I, I don't, like you said, I think there's parts of this passing game that we just haven't seen yet. Yeah. And, and yeah, like you're, like you're saying with the, the six, four guy, right? When you're coming into a game as a defense and saying, well, we have a great matchup at cornerback for Otto Tia, you have lost the matchup battle. And I like Otto yeah, Tia, yeah. but that's not, yeah. you don't need to be worrying about that as the number one concern for your secondary, because there's not an answer on this defense for Terrell Vaughn. There just isn't. There wasn't last year. There's not this year. Those corners were better than these were. Um, it's just, he's a hard guy to guard. He's leading the nation in receptions. It's, it's difficult. I don't blame them. It's not, it's not an easy thing to cover him. Um, and, and I think that, you know, Cooper Lega is, is, he has his limitations. I think that those are pretty clear at this point, but he's really good at getting the ball to Terrell Vaughn. I would say he's very good at hitting yeah. an open Terrell Vaughn. He doesn't miss that throw very often. Um, and I think he's more than happy to just do that. I think he's more than happy to just take those, take those underneath shots to, to Terrell Vaughn, some of the, to, you know, screens to, uh, to halfbacks, to wide receivers. And then every now and then Jalen Royals is going down the field. Micah Davis is going down the field. Colby Bowman is going down the field. There's a lot of speed out wide. I just don't see this matchup being, uh, realistic, honestly, for Air Force, unless it can get a bunch of pressure, which doesn't, it's not been the case, you know, it, it, it's just not been the case for, for this matchup. And maybe these defensive ends are the ones who change that. I think that that could be the thing that throws a wrench in this if anything does, but there's just not enough. The math doesn't work for Air Force's secondary against this Utah State passing attack. It hasn't for two years now. It, just, it doesn't again this year. That has been the difference. I think it'll be the difference again here. I have Utah State with a pretty comfortable edge in this part of the game. And as for how it plays out, I have Utah State winning by... I have it by eight right now. I have it 28-20. I could be pretty easily talked into adding another Utah State touchdown to that board. I think Utah State is just... I think Utah State's better this year. I think Utah State got away with one last year. I think Air Force was the better team pretty comfortably. And Utah State still managed to win. It's just not a good matchup for the Falcons. It's it's just not, and I don't think it ever will be when Blake Anderson is in Logan. Yeah, I I agree. I think Blake Anderson. I mean, he's two and zero against the Falcons. Um, in a time where the Falcons were pretty good, not many coaches get to uh, you know get to hang that up on their on their mantle. Yeah, uh, these guys are a top team to beat, but I, I just don't love this matchup. If I'm the Falcons, I, I look at uh, Utah State. Um, and again, I know we lost week one against Iowa, but I think we saw a very similar, you know, for the most part, our offense will be going up against a very similar defense, uh, but toned down quite a bit. And I think we were 
we were okay in that game. We're a lot better even than we were two weeks ago. Um, I, you know, I think we score probably 28 or more, which is it can be tough to do against this team, but I, I think we score 28 or more, and I don't think we make it easy for them to score. Yeah. Um, I'm As an Aggie fan, I'm loving this matchup. I think this is the best we've matched up with Air Force in a while. You mentioned last year was was a tough matchup, and we stole one from those guys. Yeah, um, I feel really good. If I'm the Falcons, I'm uh, I'm a little bit worried about some things. I think Utah State should uh, handle this one just about as easily as you as you can handle any game against the Falcons. They're a team that's gonna, uh, like you said at the top, you'll feel this game the next morning. But hopefully, you can at least you know ice yourself off with a win. I think that's pretty likely. Yeah. Yep. I would agree with that, and I I think that you know. Obviously, you can see this going the other way with the circumstances of this being the third totally unique offense that Utah State's defense is seeing in three weeks, with it being a short week, with Air Force's defense being as as good and as as disciplined as it is. Um, it is just it's hard for me, even with those circumstances, to see the you know a, a, a so wildly undisciplined Utah State team winning that game last year and this one that is it just doesn't have those same issues, uh, not doing it. I, I don't think Air Force got better by that much, and I think Utah State did. I, I just, I don't, it's it's hard for me to, it's hard for me to see that. It's hard for me to imagine that Utah State managed to pull that out last year and can't do it with a better team this year. I, I, I don't, I, I, I don't see it. Um, all right, Mountain West schedule. You want to talk through this real quick? Yeah, let's do it. Uh, the Mountain West, I yeah, it's, it's getting fun. We're starting to uh, flirt with, uh, conference play. This is the only conference game this week, but uh, but we're getting there. Uh, is it? Yes, it is. Yeah. Um, but we are getting there. It's about that time, um, and it, it's about to get really fun. The Mountain West has actually had a really fun year so far. So let's run through this schedule. Um, here, I, I I'll go through this. We have Wyoming at Texas, San Diego State at Oregon State, Florida State at Arizona State, Vandy Vanderbilt at UNLV. San Jose State at Toledo, New Mexico State at New Mexico, Colorado State at Colorado, Hawaii at Oregon, Kansas at Nevada, North Dakota at Boise State. We've talked about a couple of these games kind of uh, in passing coming up to this week. There's some fun ones, honestly, in here. We have uh, two in-state matchups, which are always really, really fun. Um, a couple big, big 12 or uh, Pac-12 matchups. This should be a fun week for for uh, the Mountain West. Uh, it should be a fun week for everybody except for Nevada. Actually, I should say Nevada yeah. is not going to have fun this year. So no, I don't I don't care to talk about the Wolfpack any more than we already have. Yeah. Uh, but for everybody else, it's going to be a fun week of football. Yeah, I think that there's a couple games that you can kind of uh, you know skate past here because they are. It feels pretty cut and dry. I think Kansas, Nevada, obviously. Um, yeah, yeah, Nevada is really, really bad at football and Kansas is good at it. That is a simple, the simple equation. I don't think that's going to go especially well. Um, yeah, I, I, I looked at the, uh, ESPN FPI earlier, <laughs> just out of curiosity. Zero. I, I, yeah. I don't know. I don't know how, uh, I don't know how that's structured or how much stock people put into that. Um, uh, but just as a note, Nevada is dead last. Yeah. Uh, they are dead last in the FPI. They're not good. They're just not good. Nope, they are not good, and that is not going to be that is not going to be a fun game. Not going to be a fun evening for Nevada. Um, I would also say a couple others on the board here in sort of a similar vein: Colorado State at Colorado, Hawaii at Oregon, and San Diego State at Oregon State. Um, 
I I don't think that this I don't think any of those three matchups are especially favorable for the Mountain West side of things. Hawaii is obviously playing at you know a borderline top ten team. Colorado State is not good, and I think Colorado is more than willing to run up the score. I don't imagine that that's going to be competitive for very long. The skill talent on that roster is such that I just don't see Colorado State with any possible path to keeping up. And then San Diego State, Oregon State, on paper, maybe in a traditional year would be close. Oregon State is just so much better at doing what San Diego State wants to do. They are infinitely, infinitely better at it at, at, in all facets of the game. San Diego State does not look especially good this year. I don't think any of those games are going to be really all that entertaining or competitive for the Mountain West side of things. I would agree that they're not going to be uh, competitive. I will say Colorado State at Colorado, if it is going to be one thing, it's going to be entertaining. Sure. Um, you, you, we do have college game day. Uh, that's, that's their game this week. Of course, the, the you know all the all the hype around Dion um, is significant with Colorado. Should be a fun game um, for the Rams. It'll be fun until kickoff, maybe a little bit after <laughs> kickoff. <laughs> it won't be close, but man, is that kind of a fun environment to be part of? Um, and then San Diego State at Oregon State. Yeah, any other year, uh, you know, that should be a fun game. But both of those teams are just playing so far from their baseline right now. San Diego State playing a lot worse than they they have in Oregon State, I think, is on a tear. Yeah. Um, they must be mad about something. I don't know what it is, yeah. but they're mad about something. Could be anything. Um, yeah, it could be anything. But they're they're playing a lot better than they have, so that game is probably less entertaining than, than it would be in other years. Yeah. Um, outside of that, I do see some fun games, so, but um, those three should not be uh, close. I'd be, I'd be surprised and, and thrilled if they are. Yeah, yeah, and Hawaii, Oregon as well. I just hope Hawaii gets a break here at some point. I hope they get a bye week. I hope they don't have to play a Pac-12 team for a while. Um, <laughs> a little bit too much, I think, for Hawaii to start this yeah. season. Um, yeah, that's yeah, a lot. Yeah, so that leaves us with a uh, a couple games. The 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 big one here that I have at the top is Wyoming at Texas. Uh, I don't really believe that Wyoming is going to be you know competitive or that it could win this game, but boy, would it be funny. Boy, would that be just a <laughs> just a really good uh, for like my heart result if Wyoming went down to to Austin on the Longhorn Network, Texas sold out crowd. I'm sure all excited, riding high after the biggest win in in quite some time for that program, beating Alabama, and then you just get Craig Bold. That would be amazing. That I don't I don't believe that it's going to happen. But Andrew Peasley going into Austin and beating Texas would be one of the funniest results of all time. <laughs> Yeah, I've I've been thinking the same way. I mean, this game has the opportunity. Like this game, what I wouldn't get just be. Yeah, this could be just hilarious. I yeah. mean, Greg Bull has the opportunity to pull like the prank of a lifetime in beating <laughs> Texas Tech at home, and then just marching down to Austin and just beating the Longhorns. Yeah. I mean, that would just be the ultimate prank. Knowing Wyoming, if they pull that off, they go zero and eight in conference play yeah they'll go absolutely they'll find a way to go seven and five despite it they they will uh yeah, yeah. it's four more wins the rest of the season boys we got to allocate them the right way <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah this this game could be absolutely hilarious um it probably won't be i mean texas is pretty legit they did beat bama last week but i mean wyoming's legit too andrew peasley he's uh he's he's awesome he's got tons of uh, fun little things to say yeah. uh, after the game if they win that i can't wait to watch his post-game interview if they win that game oh, so man. <laughs> uh, I, i'm not hurt I, i'm not injured i'm just hurt or, yeah. or whatever that was and take him to the deep end i don't know he's, <laughs> he's awesome it would be so fun um 
And, I hope, but I'm not optimistic. Listen, we'll see how I that mean, one goes. But. Texas has been susceptible to being taken to the deep end before. You can, you can <laughs> spiritually and mentally, you can break Texas. It's not that hard. Teams have done it before. It's, it's, this is a program that is not, uh, not the strongest in the world. I don't think spiritually at <laughs> this current juncture, yeah, even true. having one, they have a whole lot of talent, but that locker room is, is, it has splintered before it could splinter again. Uh, Wyoming is physical. Wyoming, it's never going to be fun to play against them. Um, I, I, I don't know. I don't think I would not predict it. I don't think I'm going to predict it even to be close, but boy, would it be just a wonderful little treat for me to watch Wyoming beat Texas <laughs> on the road on the Longhorn Network. Um, just, just the, the, the stadium, the noise of that stadium in the fourth quarter would be so choice, <laughs> like a library. Um, yeah. Yeah. Staying with uh, with a, uh, a Mountain West versus P5 matchup here, moving to the Pac-12, Fresno State at Arizona State. Fresno State coming off of a, a serious scare against Eastern Washington, and yet I still think they should win this game. I think they're better than Arizona State. Arizona State's in the year one of a rebuild and just doesn't have a whole lot going on. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. I'm actually in Fresno State corner in this game. I think Fresno State. We talked about it earlier this week hopefully they can bounce back from that win. It sounds silly, but you know, if you have the opportunity to bounce back from a win rather than bounce back from a loss, that's great. Yeah. They do come into this game two and Oh, they're favored. I just checked. They're favored by three points as well. Yeah. Yeah. This could be, this could be huge for these guys. They did Purdue week one. It's tough to tell. I mean, it's Purdue's probably not what they can be and what they have been, but it's still a big 10 win. Um, I would, and Arizona State is certainly not what they can and should be. So yeah. I could really see this one. Uh, I could see the Bulldogs pulling this one out. Um, I don't know if you have like a power rankings uh, for the conference. I I don't really have one off the top of my head, but I, not, I would say yet. as of right now, uh, Fresno State's probably my number one. Yeah. Um, I, I have a number one and a number twelve. Uh, other than that, I, I haven't been able to put anything together, but. Yeah. I do think uh, Fresno State's probably probably the best team in the conference. I think they have a chance to uh, to do something really awesome and go two and zero in the Power Five in the first three weeks. Um, it'd be great. I think it's uh, more more likely than not, honestly. Yeah, I, I think that basically what it comes down to for me is I think Purdue's better than Arizona State, and Fresno State already beat them. It's I I don't think it would be that much taller a task to do this. Um, I I think they can I think they can do it. Uh, next up. Vanderbilt at UNLV. Vanderbilt traveling to the uh, the Lions Den, the, the stadium, the the, the the most intense crowd in the world. Everybody knows UNLV fans. They love to show up to sporting events. They always do it. Uh, it's never ever quiet in their stadiums. That's for sure. Um, I, I I hope they show up for this one. It would be nice if they wanted to do that. I don't know that the big old billboards that just have Barry Odom's face on them are going to be enough to convince the people of Las Vegas to show up to a football game, but um, it's worth a shot, <laughs> I guess. Yeah, um, yeah, uh, it's, it's worth a shot. And maybe if the casinos stay uh, stay shut down, yeah. maybe they'll have nothing else to do, and then they'll just have to go to a football game that yeah. day. Yeah, yeah, there's um, nothing else so maybe, going on. Uh, Might as well. <laughs> yeah, one man's uh, security risk is another man's treasure, hopefully, for UNLV. Yeah. Uh, so we'll see if the, the cyber attack gets people in the stadium. Um but in terms of on the field, I just I know we're talking uh, Vanderbilt, one of the worst SEC teams. But I don't know, I don't know how this one plays out. It would be uh, it would be awesome for UNLV. I think UNLV has 
has a better chance this week than they obviously did last week against Michigan. Michigan is one of the best teams in the country. Yeah. Um, Vanderbilt cannot say the same, even though they are in the SEC. Um, yeah. Definitely an interesting game. Yeah, I don't think that the talent disparity here is especially significant. Uh, with what, and I, that's, it's an insult to Vanderbilt, obviously, because they're an SEC school, yeah, but like yes. the top end talent, there is not that much better than what UNLV has. Cause a lot of UNLV's top end talent was just guys who were in the SEC last year. Like it's just, they, yeah. they just brought a bunch of them in and, you know, there are guys on this team who aren't that Doug Brumfield has been here. Uh, Vincent Davis comes from the ACC. They have, you know, but like Ricky White was at Michigan state you have a lot of players on this team who were P5 guys. And I think that the top end talent, the depth, it's a different story. You don't, you don't want to ever be talking about UNLV's depth, but um, the, the top <laughs> yeah. end, the, the first 22 guys who are coming out in this game, I think are totally capable of making a game of this. I don't believe UNLV can win this kind of game until I see it happen. It just doesn't, you know, it just hasn't really happened yet, but I think they could win. I, I think you would. I think if nothing else, it should be competitive. I think UNLV should be a bowl team this year. I just, I don't know if I believe that fully yet. Yeah, I, I was going to say, I, I believe they can. I don't know if I believe they will. Yeah. Um, you are talking about a kind of a re-energized UNLV program. They are, in my opinion, improving um, really quite quickly too. Um, they're they're trying to revitalize that program. And if you look at Vanderbilt, they, you know, they did play a Mountain West team already. They played Hawaii at home and they only beat beat them 35 to 28. Yeah. So it really just comes down to how much better is UNLV than Hawaii? I think UNLV has a chance to be much better than Hawaii. I think yeah, I think UNLV has a chance to to beat Vanderbilt. Yeah, at home. I I just don't know if they're quite quite there yet. Yeah. But this should be very competitive. This this is a great opportunity for UNLV to go out and get a a discount SEC win, to get yeah. that Walmart SEC win. Um spends the same. It still counts. It's it, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's still an SEC win. Um definitely a huge opportunity for the Rebels. I I would love it if they could pull this off. Yeah. And and I think they they honestly do have a chance. But it's tough. I mean, it, the the depth is uh, – this one probably comes down to the depth, and that's just a tough battle. Yep. Next up here, San Jose State at Toledo, sort of a G5 helmet game, which is always fun. I, I, like, to, I like to get that kind of thing. Um, Toledo has looked pretty good this year. San Jose State, another one in this conference I just don't have a great feel for based on who they have played. You know, they, they've played, I think, two Pac-12 teams and then Cal Poly. I don't know exactly what to expect from them at this point. I don't really know what they are going to do in this game talent wise I think it would be about equal here I would lean towards Toledo just because I have seen a little bit more from them but San Jose State obviously has experience at quarterback has some players on defense who I like I think this is going to be fun I don't have a great feel for where it's going to go I just I think it's going to be competitive and and worth keeping an eye on yeah it should be a fun game should be competitive I will say in the Mountain West's you know quest and mission to become the premier g5 conference yeah these are the kind of games that you gotta start winning um and we we talked about you know nevada losing to every high school team they possibly can yeah that's a different conversation this is really the conversation we we should be having is beating up on those other g5 schools um great opportunity for the spartans to really uh really show that the mountain west is is a premier conference and that the spartans are a premier school within that conference which is something that has never been true 
Um, they have never put together a strong, consistent program in football or basketball. Yeah. They are trying very, very hard to do that. They are investing appropriately and they are improving in, in both sports over the past, you know, three to five years. I yeah. like what I've seen from them so far. They got to keep it going. These are those wins that uh, that really start to build a program over time. So. Uh, it'll be an entertaining one. It'll be a good one for the Spartans if they can pull that off. Yep. Last two here. First up, New Mexico State at New Mexico. This is fun because it is a rivalry, and these two do not like each other. Uh, other than that, as an actual football game, not sure that there's a whole lot <laughs> I would, that yeah. I would recommend checking out here. It is. It's a. It's a fun rivalry. It. It legitimately is. The games are usually good. I think that the teams, I would assume that New Mexico State is better given that they went to a bowl last year, but I think the teams are relatively even uh, talent-wise. I think New Mexico could win this game. I, this this could be fun for a certain kind of person, I guess. I, 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 there's there's stuff worth watching here. It's a fun game for these teams. It's it's a This is a fun matchup. I'm glad that they're playing it uh, more than anything else. I'm glad that they play every year. I think it's good. Yeah, I will say I'm a little bit jealous that they get their in-state teams to play each other. It's awesome. Yeah. I wish we could play Utah. Yeah. The Battle of the Brothers is like one of the greatest rivalries of all time. It doesn't happen anymore. Breaks my heart. Um, so games like this are good for the sport. They're fun. Um, it'll be an intense one. These two teams, they they don't like each other. No. I, I, I don't know that this is a fun in-state rivalry for these teams. I it's really don't Fighting in like the parking lot style rivalry. Yeah. Yeah, th- yeah this is like your classic they hate each other rivalry. Yeah. Um, and I'm just looking at the matchup predictor on, on ESPN analytics. I, again, I don't know how much stock people put into this, but it looks pretty evenly matched 54% for the, uh, for the Lobos, 45% for the Aggies. Um, this will be probably an evenly matched game. It'll be a fun game. It'll be an intense game. I mean, we're talking about two teams that aren't known for their football product, but it, it should be intense for sure. Yep. Last one here. Uh, North Dakota at Boise State, like we said last week, highly would recommend ma- making not only winning this game, making some sort of statement that isn't just we stink. Uh, win this game comfortably. Go out and do some things. Don't have Taylor Green throw two interceptions to one touchdown. Move the ball. Play some defense. Let's let's see let's see a little life here, guys. Let's, let's get a little bit of pep in the step at this point. Yeah, this is a get-right game. If I've ever seen one for the Broncos, they need this game more than uh, – <laughs> they need this game bad. Yeah. Um, very, very bad. An 0-2 Broncos team with a heartbreaker last week, losing on a last-second field goal. Um, and it doesn't get easier going forward. They need this win. If they don't win this game, looking forward, they have San Diego State and Memphis. Uh, if they lose this game, they probably go zero and five to start the season. Yeah, that's not what that's not what these guys want. They they gotta get right in this game. They have a chance to. North Dakota is, I mean, they're they're formidable. They're they're strong. They're fine. They're two and zero. Boise State has no business losing this game. Boise State has no business being close in this game. Yeah. Um, if it's not a blowout, I'd be disappointed as a Bronco. Uh, you know, the Broncos should be disappointed if it's not a blowout. Uh, it should be. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I, I think that if you uh, – calls are going to get real loud real quick. If this game is close or if it is somehow a loss, it's going to be it's gonna be an uncomfortable situation, I think, in Boise yes. for, for Andy yeah. Avalos. And you get to – Seats I – mean, uh, yeah, <laughs> seats are going to get hot. Yeah, you get to, like you said, the, the potential 0-5. 
I uh, truly, I think he would get fired. I think he would get fired before October in, in that instant. You can't do that. You just can't do that at that program. Um, yeah, not at Boise State. You can't. I don't think and that's going to happen. They played good teams, but that's yeah. still not acceptable. I, yeah. I don't think so either. Who scheduled the games? Yeah. You know, like that's it's not it's yeah. not like uh, you know he you play what the what the AD gave you, and there's a reason that the AD set that up, and the AD is the same guy who would fire you. Um, it is uh, you you gotta. That's this. That's the expectation there. I don't think they're going to lose. I would guess that this is a comfortable win, but if it isn't a comfortable win, it, whatever that looks like, otherwise, it would be another another big concern for Boise State. All right. Anything else before we get out of here? Um. No. That's all. I. Uh, that's all I got for this week. Um. It, it's going to be a great week of football, though. So I'm stoked. Yep. Yep. We will talk to you all on the uh, on the recap show.